What sound you're hearing is the sound of six percussionists hitting two by fours with plastic mallets. The two by fours have had contact mics applied to them in, in very interesting ways, so we get that very nice resonant frequency. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead, and this is the third in a three part series celebrating the 25th anniversary of Bang on a Can. The piece we're listening to is called Timber, and it's by Michael Gordon, one of the founders and co artistic directors of Bang on a Can. Let's keep listening to this intriguing piece.
timber is uh, work written for six percussionists and they're playing wood planks basically two by fours something you would find in home depot and um, i started working on this piece and the one amazing thing about percussion is that percussion can be anything basically any you know the pots you cook in to you know waving uh, waving leaves or dropping leaves or breaking glass or you know along with all the millions of different percussion instruments and the first thing I thought of is well you know I only want to use one instrument and I don't want to use any pitches and so I started working on this this piece I almost felt like it was like going into the desert, you know, looking around, the scenery all looks the same, and you, you, you know, as you, as you walk through the landscape, you start to notice things. And I, um, I wrote out these rhythmic uh, patterns, thinking of the ensembles going from high to low. And then in, in the process of workshopping the piece, found these these basically what ends up being two by fours or just planks of wood cut uh, from small to large and they, they have these this beautiful resonance they you hit them and the harmonics ring and ended up um, with this work timber that was composer michael gordon talking about his work timber we heard the first movement performed for us there by slogwork dane hogg a percussion ensemble consisting of six players, all of them playing nothing but two-by-fours. We're going to listen to another piece by Michael called Four Madeline. This is a recording on the Bang on a Can All-Stars disc, Big, Beautiful, Dark, and Scary. When I spoke with Michael, he told me that this is a piece that has very special meaning for him. Four Madeline was done on a Bang on a Can marathon. It was written for the Bang on a Can All-Stars, and um, it, it, it was written in memory of my mother, I uh, was trying to capture the, the sound, basically, of the Jewish prayer that one says in memory of the dead called the Kaddish. And uh, there's, a, there's this um, kind of mournful feeling about it. The guitar and cello, which are very closely related instruments, actually. They, they're, they're really, um, people don't realize that they basically have the same range. Um, play together in this slow sliding uh, melody and um, I wrote it for for Bang on a Can. It's on this uh, their most recent record Big Beautiful Dark and Scary.
I love that ending. Those slides are, are so mournful there. Uh, we just listened to For Madeline by composer Michael Gordon, and it was written in memory of his mother, performed for us by the Bang on a Can All-Stars on their disc, Big, Beautiful, Dark, and Scary. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers, and this is the third in a three-part series featuring the 25th anniversary of the iconic Bang on a Can organization. You can find out more information about Bang on a Can and future Relevant Tones playlists on our website, relevanttones.com, and you can find us on Facebook. Well, we come now to Julia Wolf. She is the wife of Michael Gordon and a co-founder and co-artistic director of Bang on a Can. And again, I was uh, very fortunate in that I was able to go to New York and be present at the 25th anniversary marathon, which is the subject of this three-part series on Relevant Tones. And when I caught up with Julia, I was uh, really intrigued by a piece of hers called Lad, which is scored for nine bagpipes. And so I asked Julia to, uh, you know, what was the inspiration behind Lad and uh, what can listeners expect to hear? A lot of times we'll try to start the marathon with some kind of spectacle or some kind of spectacular thing, you know, just, just to open things up and open people's minds up. And one year we weren't sure what we were going to do, and I said, you know, uh, I'll write for, for bagpipes. And Kenny said, okay, great, fill that spot. So not having any idea what that would really mean, <laughs> I just sort of went about thinking, oh, great, I'll write for bagpipes. Um, and it was such an interesting project for me to do, um, partly because the the group I worked with was a, um, a kind of community group. There, this, this bagpipe group that was based in this Irish community center out in Long Island. Um, they're a very good bagpipe group. Uh, they go to contests or whatever those bagpipe groups do, but um, but they don't. They're not really music readers, and and they're not professionals. They all have other jobs. So I'm walking into the situation, you know, as a notator, someone who usually writes things down on paper, um, communicating this piece to this this group of. Of players, I had one uh, key player, this guy Matt Welch, who's a fantastic um, bagpiper, sort of virtuoso, and he, but he also is, is a kind of leader, a teacher of bagpipe groups. So he connected me with them, and and you know facilitated the whole thing. But you know there you are in the in, in the community center, and there are like some step dancers on one side of you, and somebody drumming on the other side, and some other bagpipes playing some completely different thing, some traditional tune, and you're trying to rehearse. Um, half the people are, you know, showing up like late. It's not like a New York rehearsal where everyone's looking at their watch and saying, "Okay, we're on, we're off." It's this very community uh, situation, and so that was re- actually really fascinating and also fascinating to try to write a piece that was interesting to me, but was um, possible to realize with with this kind of group. So that that's lad. Um, it definitely borrows from some of the great bagpipe tunes and bag, the, the sound of bag, bagpipe pieces that that exist in the world uh, but it also goes to very strange places um, partly because I had time to experiment with this guy Matt Welch and um, he, he'd come over with his bagpipe everyone would my kids and the dog would take cover because you know, oh no the bagpipe is coming back very very loud even just one bagpipe is super loud um, but he did all kinds of interesting things like he got this really slow slide this glissando up the scale of the instruments it's not a traditional bagpipe thing he also gets this crazy kind of like Jimi Hendrix electric guitar thing on his bagpipe where he's I don't even know what he's doing but he somehow has his hands are cupped around the mouthpiece and it sounds like almost like this is distorted guitar sound on the bagpipe so we had fun with you know just bending the the world of the bagpipe 
and um, it was written in memory of a, of a friend, a, a really great violist who um, would I think would have thought it was really funny if he had been around to hear this piece. But anyway, it was in memory of him. His name was John Ladd, and it's kind of a pun because so many of the bagpipe pieces are actually called, there actually is one called Johnny Ladd and, or Ladd this, because, you know, Scottish-Irish connection. The one thing that was really fun about hearing it live was um, I, I had a sense of, of the, the, that I wanted it to be somewhat spatial. Um, I, I don't usually think spatially all that much, but, um, but okay, so with the bagpipe is usually something you're hearing from over the hills and oh I hear the bagpipe in the distance and it's coming towards you and so I played on that a little bit and they started at the top of the winter garden in the back um, balcony area and very slowly they made their way down and you could really feel the sound come at you because first of all it was very loud the nine of them descending down the stairs and, and I felt like the piece just physically came to the audience and, and that was a really interesting thing I'd never really worked with that before. I love how Julia describes the bagpipe players moving from the back of the room to the front. As I said in the first part of this three-part series, the Winter Garden is a gigantic room. In fact, uh, there were even birds flying around in it during the uh, the, the marathon this year. So it, it's a gigantic room, and um, you know these creative uses of that space are very much part of the Bang on a Can aesthetic. So let's have a listen now to an excerpt of Vlad by Julia Wolf.
something you don't get to hear every day, a piece for nine bagpipes by composer Julia Wolf. A piece was originally performed on a Bang on a Can marathon. We heard Matthew Welch on solo bagpipe accompanying pre-recorded versions of himself playing the other parts. We're going to turn now to a piece called Believing by Julia that is uh, actually part of a larger piece. And um, when I spoke with her about it, she... Uh, she talked about uh, the piece, but she also talks a little bit about the performance. Um, it's performed by the Bang on a Can All-Stars, um, who have performed a lot of the music that we've listened to during this three-part series. And I just think, you know, as a composer myself, you just can't overstate the, um, the, the wonderfulness, if I may use that word, of having your own house band. You know, I mean, Haydn had one, Duke Ellington had one. Composers, a lot of composers throughout history have been fortunate enough to have a, a house band. And uh, it's just a wonderful thing. So here's Julia talking about Believing and the Bang on a Can All-Stars. At this point, I've written three pieces that were specifically for the Bang on a Can All-Stars um, and a fourth that is um, an evening-length piece that uh, uh, involves Bang on a Can All-Stars and some singers. It's more of a theater piece. That piece is called Steel Hammer. But the middle piece of the three ensemble pieces is, is a piece called Believing, and I wrote it specifically for the Bang on a Can group. They are my house band. They play on every Bang at a Can marathon. They, they have their own concert series. They're just incredible, <laughs> so I can say about them. Just to describe the makeup of the ensemble, it's sort of half chamber ensemble, half rock band. There's electric guitar, there are um, string players, cello and bass, the piano. Um, that also, she also doubles on keyboards. And um, they have the chops, you know, the, the reading chops, uh, of a classical player, but um, but the sensibility, the, the musicianship's really, really broad. Um, for example, Mark Stewart, who plays in, in the Bang and a Can All-Stars, also plays with Paul Simon, and Evan Zipporin runs a gamelon. So you really, you really have this range of musicianship with all the players. So I thought, well, you know, where can I take them where they haven't been before, but also kind of access some of my connection to, to pop music. And, um, and and with almost every piece for the Bang and a Can All-Stars that I've written, I, I take some sort of leap. I just... It, it, I feel so liberated as a composer that anything's possible with these guys. They can rock out, they can play the rhythms. Um, so I wrote this piece is called Believing, and I know when I wrote it, it was kind of a I had this feeling of optimism, you know. And the, even the word believing, it's it's a kind of this mixed word. It it it's both optimistic and also you know there's a struggle in believing, I and mean, it's kind of hard to believe in anything. <laughs> and so. For me, it, it has both the spiciness and the um, kind of heavenliness, I guess, of, of belief. It's also, there's some reference to um, that great Beatles song where uh, Tomorrow Never Knows, where they're singing, it, it is believing, it is believing. I love that period of the Beatles where they're going through this kind of psychedelic exploration, and it, it has a bit of that in it. It's one of the kind of, I guess, Bang in a Can anthems. They've played it a lot. Um, it was premiered at the Bang in a Can Festival. Gosh, I gotta remember which year. Um, but the festival's really been a home for a lot of the premieres, like first time out for the pieces I've written, certainly for the band. And then they've toured quite a bit. But it's a um, piece I feel very, very close to. Well, let's hear the Bang on a Can All Stars now perform Believing by Julia Wolf. <laughs> Thank you. 
Bang on a Can All-Stars performing Believing by Julia Wolf. I want to feature one more piece by Julia, Dig Deep, performed by the Kronos Quartet.
We just heard Dig Deep by Julia Wolf, performed for us by the Kronos Quartet. This has been the third in a three-part series on Relevant Tones, featuring the 25th anniversary of the Bang on a Can Marathon and the Bang on a Can organization. And I hope that you've enjoyed listening to everything as much as I've enjoyed playing it. We heard how the organization came about, its early days in the first marathon. Uh, we listened to some music from the first marathon. And then we heard how they got their name and um, about the Summer Institute, all the wonderful things that they have going on. And we heard music that was featured on the most recent marathon. And, of course, music by the four principal members, Evan Zaporin, David Lang, Julia Wolf, and Michael Gordon. Um, I just want to say on behalf of everyone here at Relevant Tones, happy birthday to Bang on a Can, and please keep up the great work. We do have a little bit of extra time, so uh, we're going to move to an organization called Asphalt Orchestra, who is currently in residence with Bang on a Can. As Bang on a Can has grown and become more influential, they are uh, using that influence to help other organizations, and this is one such deserving organization, certainly. Um, the Asphalt Orchestra is a marching band. They are uh, constantly in motion, <laughs> so all the virtuosic things that you're going to hear, imagine that they're also doing these wonderful virtuosic movements, and uh, every instrument you're hearing is attached to someone <laughs> or being held by someone while they're doing all these incredible movements. This is a really tight arrangement of Frank Zappa's Zombie Wolf. Let's have a listen. Tones is produced by Jesse McWhorters at WFMT with special thanks to Molly Hunt and Connor Mackey. For more information about the program and the artists we featured, you can find us on Facebook or visit our website at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of Grosvenor Capital Management, Carol Joins, and Abby O'Neill, an anonymous donor and the listener supporters of WFMT. I'm your host, Seth Bostead, and thank you very much for listening.